Ladies and gentlemen, this show is brought to you exclusively by the Reality Check Podcast Network. Fascinated by the world of strange, or perhaps like to gather in those dimly lit corners and converse with those individuals who may not walk to the beat of this world's drum, then step across the threshold that leads to the room under the stairs. Hey everybody, this is Stan Wenglin. I hope you know who I am. And if you're here for the first time, I'm the cute one of two people on the show. I'm Stan Wenglin. I'm one of the co-hosts. And the other co-host is that other rascal, Paul James Caden. We haven't been together for a couple of weeks because we're social distancing. You know, we're 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 more than six feet away. I guarantee you that. And, you know, we're not under the stairs right now, but uh, hopefully that'll keep both of us from becoming under the weather. I'm glad you like that one, Paul. It was a little uh, little segue I gave myself for a little jokey there. Anyway, Joe, Paul and I were doing a show the other night and uh, uh, we've also been doing some other shows that we were uh, <clears throat> talking with people about. And one of the big things that we said that we wanted to do on this show is wait a few days and take a peek, uh, you know, because people under the stairs is not just about the paranormal, uh, to be sure. It's about many things. But uh, to take a peek at uh, the way people have been behaving, uh, you know, during the uh, this coronavirus, this COVID-19 pandemic outbreak. And uh, the big question of uh, is uh, not that is it paranormal, is it abnormal? Are people acting abnormally? Are they acting like normal people, or is it a lot of people acting badly? So, setting the stage for the discussion tonight, uh, here it is, and I will pass this one over to my good buddy, who's going to say the devil made them do it. <laughs> James Cade, how you doing tonight, Paul? I'm um, just groovy, man. You know, when I was a kid, a kid, me and my brother, all the kids in the neighborhood, we were big comic book fans. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we, you know, we were just 
kids. We used to make our own homemade comic books where we would make ourselves be the superheroes and we get in these mm-hmm. different predicaments. And I made, and I made one up once uh, my own superheroes. It was kind of just a, a joke comic strip I did. Mm-hmm. And I called it spies S P Y S mm-hmm. short for short for special people yawning shittily. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, so we could apply that today. It's, it's, it's stupid people, something shittily. I don't know what the Y would stand for, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I hear you, <laughs> but there you go. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's a good night staying in trying to, Stay out of public and uh, lower lower everybody else's. Uh, uh, what do they call it? Flatten the the contagion rate. Flatten yeah, flatten, flatten the bell shaped curve. Yeah, flatten the curve. There you go. Yep, yep. People don't. Uh, you know that uh, that's probability theory, and uh, you know that's how statistics work. You know, it's measures of what they call central tendency. It's math, man. It's just it's you know it's why Las Vegas always wins and we always lose. It's why the betting line always makes money. It's why the house always wins, you know, not sometimes always in the long run. And it's the same, same way with this stuff. But uh, a lot of people just did. They, they don't think it's going to apply to them. You know, what do you think? You know, Paul, I was, I was talking to your wife today and I don't know if people realize that in the show, probably there's some people coming in for the first time uh, that, you know, you and your wife have a very, for lack of a better term, have a very disabled uh, daughter. And she is extremely, extremely physically frail. Mm. That the slightest kind of respiratory problem with her uh, in her 20 plus years of being uh, alive. She's just a young lady still in still in school. And uh, this can take her out. I mean, anything. I mean, a, a very bad cold, pneumonia, the flu. So you have to be very careful uh, and be careful on other people. But a situation like this, uh, she's in one of the prime targets of, of people. If they get this, that, that could be the end of them. Am I correct? Yeah, she never gets uh, a regular head cold. Uh, mm-hmm. Any cold she gets, she has a runny nose and you know a little bit of a cough for about a day, day and a half, two days tops. Then suddenly it's gone. It's like, oh, shit, she's over. Mm-hmm. And then. By day three, or sometimes day four, bam, it's like instant pneumonia. And yeah. her lungs get so full. I, I could only imagine if that's what a, a typical cold does to her lungs. And sometimes, you know, she has to take, you know, all kind of antibiotics and, and be on the, um, um, the, nebulizer. What, the nebulizer. There you go. Yeah. You know, steroids and, you know, all kind of stuff that she has to inhale. And it can take her. Uh, a good month to to recover or more from the the pneumonia. So I, I can only imagine what something uh, this brutal would do. You know, it very well could be the end of her if she ever got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I bring that up because when we talk about people behaving the way that they behave and not on, you know, uh, n- not wanting to be reasonable about things uh, where they think, uh, you know, things don't affect them. Lots of other people get affected by these. St- I mean, remember, this is a pandemic. This isn't where you have a cold and you stay in your house and the rest of the world is fine. This is a pandemic situation where this is this particular virus is traveling fast and furious everywhere it can. 
to get to human beings. And one of the ways that you stop that, it's not so much the testing and the face masks and everything else. It's staying away from other people. It's social distancing. It's, uh, you know, washing your hands, all the things you're hearing to doing a few responsible things so that the rates can go down of people getting this uh, because everybody who gets it, you know, they start expanding everything exponentially with this kind of thing. So it has really bad spinoffs. It's like, um, you know, I, I, on the one show we did the other day, Paul, I was talking about the fact that for many years I was in charge of medical units in the developmental center. And the one thing that you dreaded was to have a flu come in or to have one of your mobile elderly patients, for lack of a better term, slip and take a fall and, and break a leg or break a hip. Because when they get laid up, their mobility is, you know, compromised 100 percent. They're flat on their back. And what do they always develop? Pneumonia. And mm-hmm. when they develop pneumonia, goodbye. <clears throat> you know, in a lot of cases, it's the, the, the broken hip is not the reason they died. It's the pneumonia that they contracted, you know, because of their age and, and their weakened condition. So it's serious stuff, you know, for folks who are listening to the show. I mean, you know, you hear that all the time. But what are some of the crazy things that you've seen, Paul, or that you see that people buying into that's just like, you know, that you think hurts this and hurts a person like Emily's chances or somebody who's elderly or sick or even a normal person who has, you know, no particular problem who could get this and it could grab a hold of them? Yeah, there's uh, there's young people under the age of uh... 60 and you know around in their 40s and 30s that have gotten this and oh, yeah. not faring so well or passed away so mm-hmm. nobody's immune and that's that's one of the big ones that you know it's it's been the gambit that i've heard you know the virus isn't real it's a hoax it's a play for the government to shut everything down and then instill the new world order uh young mm-hmm. people can't catch it it's only the common cold. It's only the seasonal flu. Uh, this is a media scare tactic for uh, mm-hmm. they're trying to bankrupt the, the the dollar, you know, by by hurting the economy. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the list goes on and on and on. I, I even told you. Uh, I mean, there's some very popular conspiracy theorists on the internet and YouTube that are uh, talking about these things. And and a couple of things I told you the other day that. You know, we were both absolutely mm-hmm. shocked, you know, to, to hear uh, people perpetuating this idea that you can't catch a virus from another person. You know, mm-hmm. they could sneeze on you. They could cough on you. You you could uh, essentially uh, drink their saliva or their, the snot running out of their nose and you, you would not contract that virus because mm-hmm. uh, uh all viruses are grown internally in the human body as well as bacteria. You can't catch it from someone else. And there was one person saying you could eat the, uh, the diseased meat of pigs and bats and it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt you because you can't, you know, contract anything from another person or another animal. Gee, that's even and, crazier than the flat earthers. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, there, there's some very popular people that are, uh, spouting that out and I'm, I'm watching this theory grow and grow and people and there's a lot of them unfortunately these these really over the falls in a barrel conspiracy heads and they eat it right up oh he's right he he showed us the science you know it's absolutely correct everybody else is asleep this is the truth and they they go out there and 
mingle, do whatever it is they're going to do, live, live their normal life, and, and people are getting sick. Mm-hmm. What and about some of have, the, you tell me about some of the religious, uh, popular religious people who are spouting yeah. some craziness on that. Uh, what was it? Ken, Kenneth um, Copeland, was he one? Yeah, I, I was just going to launch into him. Um, go ahead. And, and I don't know why. Uh, I think because sometimes I, when I go on YouTube, I, I look up um, kind of crazy videos from televangelists because I sometimes it's disturbing, but I get a kick out of it. Sure. You know, my wife, I, I know you do too, you know, and some of the things they say. Uh, my wife won't even look at it as soon as I put one even on, even if it's funny. She's like, I can't do it. <laughs> she leaves the room which is uh, understandable that they're very disturbing people. But uh, there was one from Kenneth Copeland in my recommendations on YouTube, and it said standing against COVID-19 or standing against coronavirus. And I was like, oh, brother, I, I, I got to see this. And I, <coughs> and, and you're getting corona as we speak. Listen to that. Yeah, that's just my hay fever. <laughs> but uh, anyway, th- there was Kenneth Copeland and, he had uh, was showing a picture of a bottle of bleach on a screen that says, you know, kills the human coronavirus. And he's saying, see that right there? His exact words. See that right there? This thing's been around for a long time. Everybody's worried about the coronavirus. And it's nothing but uh, a common cold or a strain of the flu. You know, it's the only problem with it. His exact words were the only problem is. They haven't found a way to knock it in the head yet. And of course, he says, you know, it could anybody, you know, with a compromised immune system or older people could, uh, you know, have problems or, or pass away if they caught it. But uh, his whole thing was, you know, you don't have to worry about fighting the coronavirus. Worry about fighting the fear. Stop the fear. Anoint yourself with holy oil and, you know, read, uh, you know, through uh, the Psalms and other healing scriptures, and you'll be divinely protected, you know, from, from this thing. And, uh, yeah, talk about crazy, talk about dangerous. That guy's got a lot of followers. I, I don't know why. Um, but I guess, uh, the, you know, I guess there's somebody for everybody and, and, and mm-hmm. they're going to believe this, you know, they're, they're going to believe what he's saying. And, you know, uh, read some Bible passages and just walk out into, uh, you know, the public and, hey, I'm, I'm protected by God. I'm not going to catch it. It's only the cold anyway. You know, can, can I give you a true story uh, on, on that kind of thinking that happened to me? Yeah. You, you, this is a really interesting one because uh, I know that you're a very religious person, a very spiritual person. I would say that uh, uh, you know that to be true, even though people don't. Many times, you know, take that, uh, see me, see that side of me. I'm a very uh, spiritual person. And uh, when you look at all of the uh, comments, particularly in the New Testament, for example, there's a, many, many things, excuse me, that I fully believe in that, that are there to motivate you. And it's telling you that God cares about you. God will take care of you. God will listen to you. God, you know, so on and so on and so forth. And uh, this isn't a religious show, but I'll just say, for me, I find those very comforting, just like I find science comforting, I find philosophy comforting. But from a religious perspective, a spiritual perspective, they're very comforting to me, and I believe them very much. However, 
what people do is they they leave out certain parts of the thinking connected with that. And I can remember many years ago, uh, I was um, uh, when I was director of uh, one of a children's clinic, we had a, a parent of one of the kids who was very, very disabled come in and she was a very, very depressed woman. And so clinically depressed, she had thought about suicide on many occasions. And I, uh, you know, she, uh, traditional counseling has become very th- unhelpful for her. And uh, I offered to, to, to counsel with her. And uh, she said, sure, she liked me very much. And she would come in and she's a very bright woman. She was very, very devout and uh, very, very serious about her religious beliefs. And I said, uh, let me ask you a question. I said, I- I'm confused. I said, you know, you have this depression that you just can't seem to shake. And you've had it for quite a period of time. Now, I've never been a huge proponent of, uh, nor are most physicians uh, who are good physicians or psychiatrists or psychologists. There's no reason for you to jump in right off the bat if you are mildly depressed or you're anxious, even fairly significantly anxious, why you have to immediately get an antidepressant or an anti-anxiety um, agent. Can you follow me with that? I mean, you know, if you haven't mm-hmm. had any type of method uh, of doing anything, you know, uh, you know, if it hasn't been that long, if it's not that severe, uh, you know, there you want to check things out with a person and see if they can kind of bounce back naturally, if they can cope with that naturally, that they're not in any kind of a dangerous place or super uncomfortable place. As uncomfortable as anxiety and depression is, there's mild cases of it. And then there's moderate to severe cases, there's cases that last a you know, appropriately for a very short period of time. And there's cases that are always there or underlying with the person. And and I'm not losing anybody. I'm not losing you on this, am I, Paul? No, not at all. Oh, okay. So you can see where I'm going with this. And in the course of our conversation, now, you know, as a psychologist, I'm not there as a religious counselor. If a person brings up something with religion, you know, I just note that as a part of their belief system. I, I don't get into that you know, in terms of a treatment. I'm not a, let's say, a Christian therapist or something like that. Uh, however, this woman, I said to her, have you, I said, why don't you let me make a referral to a psychiatrist and we can do the, the proper thing for you. You've had this ongoing case of depression for quite a period of time. It's very significant. You must be suffering. Let's get you evaluated by an appropriate medical professional to work with me and your other therapist and I'm sure what they're going to do is come up, and then, which was the recommendation, they're going to come up to give you an antidepressant to break the pattern, you know, to bust it up so that you could be more amenable to feeling better and, and getting all your other systems online. And uh, that's a very effective form of treatment when you use cognitive therapy and that. Now, she turned around to me, and this all ties into religion. And she says, well, you know, I'm very religious and I have turned over my problems to God Mm -hmm. and he will heal me. And, you know, I had to make a choice because I was knowledgeable with things religious. I said, I can just back out and not say anything to her or I can in an intelligent way, but not trying to be a spiritual counselor, pose a question to her. And I the first question, you know, that I said to her is. Let me ask you a question. You you know, you have this depression and you're turning this over to God. And she said, yes, I am. I said, two things. And she said, "Okay." I said, man, I said, I don't want to shake your belief in God because I I see where you're coming from and I totally support it. 
I empathize with it. Oh, that's good. Then you understand. I said, well, here's my first question. What if you were in a car accident and your leg was half severed off? Would you, would you turn that over to God? <laughs> and I said, I'm not trying to embarrass you. She says, yeah, I guess I would. I said, you would. I said, I thought you were going to answer it that way. And here's my second question. How do you know that God's response on how he wants to help you isn't through those doctors or the ambulance or that medication or that drug? That that's what he's providing to you. Or a person like me to be your therapist or a psychiatrist or to give you the, the healing medications that you need. It's not where he has to wave his hand over you like a genie. How do you know that he's not providing those other things for you? And you know something? You can see where I'm coming with this, I hope. She had Mm -hmm. never entertained that thought. She had never entertained that. She She pulled something out of context and threw it against the wall like a lot of people do and then just said, that's the, you know, that'll take care of it. Instead of saying, you know, Maybe, maybe God is at the, you know, the hand of God is at work providing all these wonderful cures for people, clinicians for people, helpers for other people, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it's one of these crazy kind of times when you see people coming up with these, you know, convoluted kinds of things. They leave at that second part of the question. And the reason why I tell the story is maybe we have a listener out there in another one of the uh, countries, or even in our own country, who buys into this stuff from these guys and realizes that a lot of the stuff they're doing is just taking out of context what our religion, our faith, and our spirituality is really talking about. You know? They're not looking at the whole picture. You know, that they either make it too complicated where it's so hard to follow or this is what I think grifters do all the time. They they either wave a shiny object in front of you here. I've got the snake oil right here. Or they or they get lost in the weeds with you. And uh, I think a lot of that's going on. And it's not just in religion or spirituality. Look at what's happening with younger people and other people at the beaches in Florida and California. And in New York City, I guess Governor Cuomo was beside himself. He's ready to spit nails. He told the mayor of New York City, you know, you better shape up or, you know, I'm coming down there in 24 hours. We're going to impose law from the governor. But go ahead, Paul, you you comment on that. Yeah, if you're not from if you're not from New York State, uh, you know, the governor said he he went into uh, New York and, you know, people were all crowded on the sidewalks. They were in the parks, big groups of kids, you know, teenagers out there playing basketball. And, uh, you know, he literally almost, almost shit himself. He couldn't believe what he was seeing when, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And, uh, you know, we went to the store just, um, the other night we went to the store, we went for a ride over the, the back roads just to get out for a little bit. And uh, we passed a couple of parks and saw the the same thing right here in Broome County. You know, uh, one group was uh, eight or nine kids, all you know, t-shirts and shorts. A couple of them had their shirts off. It was twenty nine degrees outside, or you know, low thirties at best, and they they were out there, uh, you know, playing basketball, you know, touching one another. And there, you know, another park. There was another group. 
you know, you, you have to wonder what are people thinking when, I mean, for, for crying out loud, when I, when I was 15 years old, when I was 20 years old, when I was 18 years old, I, I wasn't that mindless. Yes, I had the thing when I was young, you know, of course, you think you're invincible in some ways. But if we're, if we're in the middle of a pandemic, you know, I wouldn't have been going to the mall. I wouldn't have been going to the park with my friends. You know, I wouldn't be hanging out with a big group of people. I, I just don't, uh, I don't understand what people are thinking, going to the beaches and uh, there for a while, people were going to the malls with family members and all their kids are having parties at Chuck E. Cheese. Man, I, talk I about, to... talk about clueless. I, I don't, uh, I can't even comprehend, you know, what, what they think or don't think. I think I have the best one, which is up the block from where I live. I live uh, uh, two blocks off the highway here, and uh, I walk my dog all the time up on the, the main highway. There's a big uh, cemetery, <laughs> and there's a you know it's it, it, there's a big dog walk there, and uh, my little dog likes to go there. And he likes to watch the cars. He likes to wait for a, a motorcycle going by to, to to yip and yap at. But there's a huge, uh, famous Italian restaurant across the street and it's always packed it's it's been packed ever since i moved to binghamton in 1983 and long before then they moved their location over here and the parking lot is filled all the time to the brim now of course all restaurants by law here are shut down they are allowed to stay open uh for for people to come in and get drive through or carry out or whatever but I, I love to use DoorDash and Grubhub and all those things like that. I've become an addict with that. But it, w during a pandemic, I think the thing that you want to do, number one, for this story, which I think is crazy, uh, the first thing is, doesn't it defeat the whole purpose of being careful and socially distanced by having your food prepared in a restaurant from people that you haven't seen? <laughs> I think so. Now, I've worked as a waiter for many years when I was in college, and I worked for a catering company, and you don't want to know what goes on <laughs> when it's busy and, and everything else. Uh, let, let's put it this way. Uh, you know, the, the chef is grabbing the salad in his hand and filling the plates, and shit is flying all over the place, and people are sweating, people are coughing, people are sneezing. They just do, folks. And in ordinary situations, that's just part of the game. It's like the FDA has acceptable numbers of rodent hairs in your in your candy bars <laughs> and that's the truth mm. because you just can't there's no way to, to have it 100 percent freight and you can check that out yourself but here's the point i digress and there's probably some people going oh i didn't know that well that's true that, that's going to happen and i wouldn't worry about that kind of stuff you know i'm walking my dog and I said, oh, look at this. They have the drive-in open. And I said, doesn't this defeat the purpose if you go in there and you're touching the door handles and everything else? And I said, no, they're coming out to the cars. And here's a guy, and he comes out to the car. And, uh, you know, who could make this up? His gloves were black that he had on. He had on black vinyl gloves. And he comes up, and he comes up to the car, and, you know, oh, what order number you can see him? And I'm watching with my dog. He goes back in. Two seconds later, he's out. 
he's got the white bags full of, you know, you know, your, uh, your, uh, veal cutlet Parmesan sub and your spaghetti in there and everything else like that, you know, and he's given the packages and the woman gives him the money. Now picture this now she's giving him, this isn't even a charge card. This is cash. Goes and takes the cash. If you're looking for a Petri dish, the most unclean thing that you could possibly use, what would be the number one thing, Paul? It would be money, right? Mm-hmm. It's been handled by a billion people. And here's the woman. She doesn't have any gloves on. She takes the, gives him the money. He goes inside, comes back in, gives her a change. Now he's got the gloves on, right? Next car is over there. What does he do? Goes up to the next car. What do you want? There's the guy. Mm-hmm. Gives him the money. Right inside. Two seconds later, he's out with the same package, gives him his change. Next car. Now, here's the trick question. Anybody see anything wrong with this picture? I said he's got gloves on. He's, he's completely sanitary. He can spread no germs. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's thinking. And that's what the people are thinking. What he has is he has the perfect medium which is the the latex glove, mm-hmm. which holds everything to it. He's got the he's not washing it. You're supposed to change those after every use. He's going from one infected person to the next infected person to the next infected person, and just boom, 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 boom. He hasn't changed the gloves once. When you wear gloves, the rule for wearing gloves, does the dentist go in there and have his sanitary gloves on? open your mouth and drill in your mouth and then go to the next guy. Come on in with the same (laughs) set of gloves. Would you want that? Oh, I'd love it. (laughs) It, It's the, I looked at that and my fucking, I'm going to have to use bad language on the show. My fucking mouth just about hit the floor. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this is how in Australia, when they had Legionnaire's disease, they uh, found out by videotaping how they were killing more people than anybody else. And they couldn't understand it because they had the best infection control procedures known to mankind in their hospitals. They had workers coming in 24-7 after every single thing. They were cleaning up and disinfecting things and everything else. And they were still killing people. And you know how they did it, Paul? They they broke their procedure was they didn't degown and deglove before they left the area they had to leave the whole area they didn't have like a, there's like a separate holding area to, to do the thing and they went through the clean thing went through whatever it was they were going through the doors and the door handles used with the infected gloves mm. and here they sterilized everything behind them and they had all the germs on their hands hit the door handles or going it was the door handles killing them and Great. It, it, at the, you could have eaten off the floors but they were killing people left and right because actually the more times they came in the room, the more times that uh, they were they were bringing germs in on their hands. Incredible. And they're all gloved up and, you know, take them off and put them on, going back in the same thing, walking out and reinfecting the door handles. So uh, the crazy stuff that uh, that people do. You know, they're good. I have dear friends working the healthcare field. And so I want to support the local restaurants. I said, well, you're not only supporting them, you're supporting the local funeral parlors when you do shit like that, too. 
I want chicken wings uh, and pizza as bad as anybody else may, but uh, I, I don't think I'm going to risk my life for it. I don't know about you. Nobody makes pizza that good around here. No, I'm I'm definitely staying away from the the uh, the takeout until this is over with. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you you got to be careful. I mean, I don't know. I, I I just have a brain that works a little bit differently. Where uh, with something like this going on, I I, I just notice, you know, uh, every little thing. If if I have to go into a store, I got I, I get a disinfectant wipe. I open the door with it. I I clean uh, I clean a cart the cart handle with it if I need to you know take a you know get a grocery cart I wear mm-hmm. a mask yeah. I you know I, I don't I make sure I don't touch my face when I leave the store I put the mm-hmm. stuff in the trunk I get in the car I, I sanitize I throw the mask away I don't reuse it mm-hmm. and uh, you know disinfect the, the door handles that, that I open coming out of the store you know I, I just kind of backtrack and disinfect myself and everything Mm-hmm. Uh, same when I get home, you know, I, I I put I put the stuff away, and then I I wash my hands and use hand sanitizer uh, again, and I make sure that if I if I touch any of those boxes to to get anything, I'll wash my hands before I eat it, just in case there might be something on the box that didn't die yet, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't I don't, feel, I don't feel safe touching the box for at least two to three days, you know, uh, afterwards. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have. Go ahead, Paul. I was gonna. I was, was going to ask you. Speaking of which, for people out there that that might want to be a little cautious, do you know how long the coronavirus can live on a dry surface? I've heard all kinds of things. There's. That's another part of the show. You, you get. You get so much information. Uh, it's information overload. I've heard things two to three days. I've heard a couple of hours. I've heard all kinds of things, and it, it, it's like, to me now, it's like getting like uh, looking at the side of effect of a drug. You can mm-hmm. take a bottle of aspirin, and if you if you go through the side effects, my my goodness gracious, you know, there every single possibility. I to me, I would do what you're doing on, on boxes and things like that. Yeah, I, I have a little sense of discomfort, but I make sure if I'm opening up a box or something like that, even with the mail coming from the mailman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant uh, with that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's, what, what, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, it, I, I don't think that's the major way that that, that, that is going to get you. It's, you know, it's, it's, you know, the major way that people are getting hit by this is not on boxes. It's by no. people coughing and, uh, you know, it's like... Uh, I saw what, uh, that's another thing with people doing just dreadful things during this pandemic. Rand Paul, the, um, Senator, I, I, I find him despicable just in general. And I guess he's been found uh, positive for the coronavirus, but as he was waiting for his test results, uh, he went to the gym. I understand and was working out. Oh boy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm a gym rat, as I've mentioned on other shows. I, I have been to the gym in, in many weeks prior to this because of the flu. It was so rampant up here. And I said, nah, I go to a very active gym. There's people, you know, right next to you, all this sweat flying all over the place. And I, I always go in there and disinfect the machines ahead of time. 
I've been doing that for years. Now with a hey, now, you know. Hey, hey, look, you don't have anything to worry about. Uh, you know, according to some people on the internet, they've uh, they've taken people. This is back in the 1950s, uh, I believe, and people with the seasonal flu and the common cold and uh, sucked the snot out of their nose and made a serum out of it with with the live virus and injected it into healthy people and they, they never caught it. So, you know, there's proof you can't catch a virus. Don't worry about the, the flying sweat and the, the puffing breath. You're, you're fine. <laughs> and that's the second time you've given that story. And this is, it's, 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 it's made me sick both times. So thank you. <laughs> Have you seen what, what you, you know, I actually, my show today on just thinking, giving a plug, I hope people listen to the show because it's about, um, the economic discrimination uh, that is evident with this coronavirus uh, in our healthcare system and the way that we treat people in the middle class, the lower middle class, or or the lower class uh, with different things. Have you seen any of the stories, Paul, related to the Hamptons? And no, Richard I haven't. Flocking there? No, well, no, it, I haven't. Well, it, it kind of ties into our show, or just not negativity or anything else like that, but of just callousness and 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 carelessness and thoughtlessness for people. Uh, now that this uh, you know scare and this pandemic scare has hit people, well, people who are very wealthy, they're shooting to the Hamptons. And if anybody you know doesn't know where that is, that's in you know New York. The the Hamptons is it's a desirable beach place. And it's home of the very wealthy, uh, you know, for people like a playground for the summer. People rent homes in the Hamptons. And anyway, everybody's coming early. And the people who live there all year long, who wait on these other people and have businesses there, these people are coming, the rich people are coming in, going to the places early, their homes, buying up all the groceries. And then they're, uh, you know, uh, hiring in special boutique uh, medical personnel, uh, reserving medical beds if they need them, doing a whole host of things. It's like right out of the French Revolution. You know what I'm trying to say? With Marie yeah. Antoinette saying, let them eat cake. And the people are fucking furious because they, they can't get their groceries. They can't get their things met. You know, the, the, the face masks are gone. This is gone. That's gone. And, and rich people are doing this. And uh, man alive, like what are people thinking? And then we, you know, you talk about people being insensitive, people on the beach doing crazy things like that. What are our wonderful politicians doing on both sides of the aisles, both Democrats and Republicans? Here's people who are aware of these things. And number one, it says something, well, what's the matter with this country where there's such a disconnect with things? Here's all these senators, uh, selling off their stocks long before the stock market having all kinds of problems because they had insider information about the extent of this virus. And as, as we're sitting here doing this show, folks, which is on the 23rd of March in the evening, the United States Senate still hasn't come up with the deal to hear working class people. Why? Because a lot of people are trying to say, hey, man, I don't mind businesses getting some help, but they got to pay that money back and they can't do what they did in these tax cuts and the other thing. We got to take care of the middle class, other people, people in the lower class, people need help. 
president still hasn't released anything else. He's, he, uh, you know, he hasn't taken the Wartime Powers Act to do anything. He's looking for people to go back to work now in a week or 15 days. Yeah, I know. The science also, is shit in their pants. I also, I also read that uh, it stalled out the, the stimulus package to help the people because, I mean, it's like we've always said when we talked about politics and politicians on this show or any show you know they they all they all crap in the same pot they all have the, the you know the, they just don't seem to care you know here, here they are bickering over this and one of the problems is not going through is because here's the democrats they're supposed to be the you know the party for the people you know let's let's help the people out mm-hmm. and they want to attach they want to attach all kind of crap to this bill you know for you know this one gets special favors this one will get help that you know, and, and so it's it's stalling. That's actually right the Republicans, Paul. They're actually the Democrats are trying to stop that. They're trying to give spec. They're 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 trying to make sure that uh, the the Republicans are not. Uh, they're supposed to be transparency. Well, what's happening in the bill the way it's stated right now? The the president or won't have to tell you who he's bailing out and why, how he's prioritizing it. Ah, uh, okay. No, that that's easy. I thought the same thing. I didn't need to correct you on air, but it's there's so much stuff going around. I've got, I've gone back on shows that I've done, and I've actually given out erroneous information or misquoted something or missed, you know misspoke on something. Don't but, you but, correct me on air? No, <laughs> it is. I don't. I don't. Son I, of a bitch, I'll kill you. <laughs> I, I watch the news in the morning, and I look at some of the headlines at night. And uh, it is you, you, you don't know what you're reading half the time because by the next day it changes or somebody lied or somebody didn't know what they were talking about. So yeah. I, it's, it's ridiculous. But your point is still what you were trying to make. And I'm not trying to just and forgive me that folks, there's so much stuff going on when you're trying to do a show like this. Uh, you know, so many uh, so many pieces of information out there and for you, too, at home. Uh, you know, the point is that you were making is that people should, whether you're Republican or Democrat or whatever, now people should sit down and say, now, God damn it, this is now another whole week has passed. They should, yeah. you know, and, 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 you know, I, I did a show on one of my, my podcasts about uh, a, a call for reason in a time of crisis. And, um, you know, not only the, the government, but the mayor of New York City was, you know, talking yesterday or was yeah, it was yesterday. And he was talking about, you know, all the problems with, with getting a, enough ventilators and, and masks and gowns and medical supplies. And they'll, they'll find somebody who will do it and they'll, they'll call the governor of New York back an hour later. And instead of 75 cents per mask, it's now $8. Yeah. Because they got a higher bid. We got hospitals bidding against one another. We got these companies just looking for the highest bidder. Doesn't, yes. doesn't matter about helping people. Just we're still thinking about profits and money. And it's, it's so, so disturbing to see that, that this is the world we live in, you know, right now. You know, it, it truly is. And there's laws against that. And uh, that's why one of the folks, as you're listening to the show today, kind of we're trying to do like kind of a public service as well as, uh, you know, checking out people behaving in ways that maybe they shouldn't. Uh, 
you know, there are, if, if the president takes the Wartime Powers Act, that's price gouging, uh, you know, and that's against the law. And that was against the law in, you know, any kind of wartime situation. I mean, you, you could you could go to jail for stuff like that. It's against the law if there's a hurricane or a flood. Uh, states can enact those laws. So that's serious stuff. Now, you know, there's a lot of other good things going on, uh, you know, and uh, advances being made and everything else like that. And I'm sure we'll do another show on some of those things. But uh, maybe, at, at least for me today, Paul, I don't know about you, I you know, I think we've covered a, a, a good amount of things uh, that are out there for people. I think that, that you know, just thinking, um, not just thinking, excuse me, the people under the stairs have talked about before. And I, my show for tomorrow, uh, for those people out here, it's, this isn't a plug, but uh, uh, I don't think Paul is aware of this because I, I didn't discuss the show. The name of my show that I'm doing tomorrow is uh, The Preppers Got It Right. And we've done a number of shows on preppers, <laughs> on the people under the stairs and artificial intelligence and um, people reading facial recognition. And uh, you remember that big, long, intensive show that we did, Paul, with all the medical kits for people and all the the pers- you know, the, the statistics on how many people would live and all that kind of stuff with the preppers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to tell you, we talked about that. And one of the things that we discussed, and I can remember what I said with great confidence you said, do you think there'll ever be one of these things? And I said, I think there could be. I said, but I really don't think there'll be a pandemic or anything else like that. Uh, <laughs> I said, because, uh, you know, we have such good infrastructure with this stuff. Uh, you know, this is really important. We've done really well on the H, uh, H, H1N1 thing and the swine flu and all these other things. And shit, I always like to comment about how I've read the, uh, the tea leaves correctly. But I got that one all wrong. Uh, and the preppers, they get, this will carry them for the next 50 years. I guess it shows you the value of being a prepper. It's, it's when you never can tell when the shit's going to hit the fan, you know, and if you're into religion, it's like, uh, when somebody said to Jesus, they said, you know, when is the end going to come? And he says, I will come like a thief in the night. Right, Paul? Yeah. You won't see me coming. So the preppers get it right. And that's my show for tomorrow. So take a listen to that one. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues uh, I think we should talk about, uh, Paul, on upcoming shows. Like, what do you think we should do differently when the crisis is over? You know, I'm going to do a show on just thinking on that, but I'd love to do a show with you on this and maybe have some other guests from some other countries. Maybe Cat Ward, maybe Pauline Lever, who knows, from England. Oh, yeah. She, she'd be awesome to have on. Yes. You know, because uh, I say hi to her all the time and see how things are going in the UK. And it's uh, quite shocking, you know, as to what kind of things are going on. Yeah, it's it's not good. So anyway, those were my closing thoughts. And uh, on tonight's show, I, I really don't have too much more to add. I think it's important stuff that people try and think of other people. And uh, be realistic. Don't get hooked into crazy science. Don't get hooked into crazy religion or old wives' tales or all kinds of non- nonsense. Uh, try and do the basics. And if you do those kind of things, keep your eyes open. I, I think we might come out uh, reasonably okay. But it's going to be a while. But, you know, for, for the listeners that, that went a little paranormal with people sure. under the stairs. Here's something spooky to think about. 
why are people doing these things, acting the way they are? Well, it's the devil, demons. <laughs> oh, so Paul's doing that on purpose. He does that on every show. And I always tell him, would you stop with that devil stuff? <laughs> the devil. He did that to spite me. <laughs> you know, Steve Stockton has a friend, uh, and she friended me, and we have to get her on the show. I'm going to do a shout out. I have to. I have to look at her on my on my friends list. Can you hold on for a second here? She's really, really good. Let me see. Yes, here it is. Uh, it's Anne Celine. Have you heard of her, Paul? Not unless she's related to Celine Dion. No. No, 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 no. But she's Anne Celine. <laughs> she's a buddy of Steve Stockton. It was a wonderful storyteller. And has a great uh, site, uh, 13 Past Midnight, and a bunch of other things that he's on. And I have to tell him that they have a spot on the end of the show. But she posted some the spookiest pictures I've ever seen <laughs> hmm. on there of, of her presence that she saw through a window. And she looks like a delightful person. She works in all the paranormal uh, venues that, that he does. And a uh, very clever person. Uh, and I'm just looking at it right now on her uh on her site and uh holy moly uh she'd be a great guest on that too on our show with the paranormal she probably has something to say about this and steve stockton does i'm sure so any other thoughts paul you know i can hardly put two thoughts together i worked my ass off today i feel like i'm on quaaludes doing this show i'm like yeah man it's all good it's the devil but <laughs> that's good. No, I don't. I don't. Uh, I, don't uh, I don't have anything else to add toward the end, other than well, uh, you know, check out my other shows: the Spirit Side, the Message on iTunes, or wherever uh, podcasts are listened to. Drop me a line at nocturnalmagic at gmail dot com if you have anything to say. Would like to be a be a guest on this show or one of the other shows. Or just to ask, hey, man, why do you sound like you're on Quaaludes tonight? Because I worked all day. <laughs> I hear you. That makes that makes two of us. And uh, we uh, I think our next show, would you like to do some more um, tarot readings? And a lot of people yeah. really enjoyed that. Meditating on the tarot cards. And uh, I was doing a reading for somebody the other night. And they said, whoa, this is great. I said, maybe you want to do it live on the show. Uh, you know, with us and everything else like that. And in case you don't know, if you uh, you know, want to arrange a, a reading with Paul, you can always contact him at Nocturnal Magic. And if you like an email reading for entertainment purposes from Paul or myself, or myself, you can get me at Stan Wangland, S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D at gmail.com and check it out. They're uh, a lot of fun. Uh, they're very enlightening. And who knows? They might be very helpful for you. In a whole variety of ways, uh, you know, take a different peek at uh, your behaviors into things. So uh, unless Paul uh, has something else to say, I'm going to say, put your mask on, put your gloves on, hold your water, drop your grinning and stop, uh, drop your linen and stop your grinning, whatever it was that they used to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't be a special person yawning shittily. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think Paul and I are not suffering from uh, you know uh, COVID nineteen. I think it's early onset dementia at this point. 
That's another show that I want to do, by the way. I'm always thinking of life in terms of shows. It's it's called How Is Your Lockdown Doing? <laughs> so, I'm, doing I'm doing okay. It's it's actually I you know, I always say I live uh I kind of live like a monk, you know, I'm, I'm in, I, I like to read, I like to meditate. I'm very at home in my office, just doing my thing with, you know, candles lit. So to me, it's uh, it's just like another day in the monastery, you know, it doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, not much of a disruption at all. I've got you. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't asking you a question in particular. <laughs> it was about a future show. But well, I wanted to we, answer that. <laughs> he wanted to answer. We're going to have a fight right on the air here, like the Martin and Lewis feud. <laughs> 95% of the people won't even know what that's about. <laughs> that's Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. They used to be partners, by the way. Anyway, on behalf of Stan Wangland, on behalf of the Reality Check Podcast Network, and we're going to a new platform on the 1st of April, We'll tell you more about that. That's a big deal. Paul and I say, be safe out there. Keep your masks on. Keep your gloves on. Yes. Be alert. Be optimistic. And stay the hell away from me <laughs> for a few more weeks. We love you. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye now. Thank you for listening to this episode of The People Under the Stairs. If you would like to reach out to the host of this show, please feel free to email Paul at nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. That's nocturnalmagic at gmail.com. And if you would like to reach out to Stan, please feel free to go over to his Twitter page and give him a follow at S. Wangland. That's at S-W-A-N-G-L-U-N-D. Or feel free to email him at swangland at gmail.com that's at swangland at gmail.com and please continue to check out all the new episodes of the people under the stairs every wednesday and every sunday on the reality check podcast network What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namagamadov versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets. Did you really think it was just guys that like to discuss and analyze wrestling? I'm here to tell you there's a new chick in town. My name is Sunny Salem, and I am the host of That's What She Said. Get a female perspective of all the ins and outs of the wrestling business today. But don't worry, this isn't no prissy princess show. I hold nothing back. Check out That's What She Said on all major streaming platforms.